0: I love chess too because it has so many parallels to life. So in chess, you must calculate before you move. And the people who play chess well, they calculate before they move. And also the people who uh, produce great results in life, they do the same thing. It was a uh, quote by a a grandmaster in chess. His name is Ruben Fine. He said that one bad move can nullify 40 great ones. But the opposite of that is true as well. That one great move can nullify 40 bad ones. So I just make all these parallels to life, and that's, that's great inspiration. Like you could be going down the wrong road the whole time, but one great move can turn everything around.
1: Welcome to the Break the Chains Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolonik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back to the podcast listeners. Today's episode, episode 71, is with our friend Philemon Thomas. Now usually in these intros I try to give you a summation of what the episode's about. This is really hard to do with Philemon because he has such a presence and such a way of using his words that it's really hard to boil everything down into a small two-minute introduction. You know, we talk about calisthenics, we talk about Chess. We talk about motivational speaking and how to plant seeds and germinate seeds and help others do that. But the episode is so much more in depth than just those three topics. And, you know, Philemon has a nickname called The Voice, and it's well respected in his speaking, but then also in the calisthenics community. And I think that's all you really need to know about this podcast episode The Voice. So, keep that in mind as you're listening to our discussion because I think early on you'll know exactly why his nickname's The Voice, how appropriate it is. And I just want you to sit back and relax and enjoy this episode because there's a lot of gems of knowledge that Philemon drops. So, without further ado, here's Philemon The Voice, Thomas. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome back to the podcast, listeners. Our guest today is Philemon Thomas. Welcome, Philemon. Great to have you on. I know we've been going back and forth trying to make this work, so I'm super happy we're here today.
0: Likewise. Thanks for having me on, Steve. No problem.
1: So before we get started and kind of jump into a bunch of stuff that I know you and I connect on 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 certain levels, I was wondering if you could just give a quick uh, background about who you are, what your passions are, and how you've gotten to where you are today, just so our listeners can kind of know a little bit more about you.
0: Yes. Well, my name is Philemon Thomas. I was born and raised in Albany, New York. I'm 36 years old. And Three of my biggest passions in life are calisthenics which are bodyweight exercises the game of chess i actually became the first black chess master from Albany New York ever and motivational speaking i just love to inspire people to reach people to uplift them to find uh, what what drives them and find out what type of person they are that's amazing and you know
1: as we were talking about before those three things seem very niche in and of themselves but i think they bleed into each other super well so i'm wondering we can we can kind of segment them and kind of talk about them but i think eventually we'll just merge them together but calisthenics yeah. thing i'm a huge fan of um i was made aware of you by following you know quincy france my buddy martin who who's big on that scene i went and saw the Cavaldo brothers and, and did training with them in new york so you know the calisthenics community is very vibrant, but also people don't know too much about that. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you got into calisthenics and, and you know the excitement that you have for that.
0: Absolutely. Well, I actually got into it. It's actually a funny story. So growing up, I had an older brother. He was four years older than me. We it's like a big sibling rivalry. He was a bully or <laughs> me. We fight all the time. So yeah. what I did to Uh, level the playing field I went to a boxing gym so when I went to the boxing gym the coach showed us calisthenics it was part of the training because I just want to improve in any way so I can uh, level the playing field with my brother (laughs) so so I actually started to box but after the uh the boxing was up I gained a bunch of weight so I I ballooned up like to 320 pounds so I finally got some uh, like a wave of inspiration one day Actually a friend of mine came up to me and told me that you got to start doing something because you don't want to get too far out of shape. So I went to a a gym and I started doing calisthenics alone at first. And then I used my uh, personality and charisma to recruit people to work out with me. So I was actually uh, helping them and they were helping me at the same time. So by using calisthenics, it it got me down to a, a reasonable weight. And then I discovered uh, New York City. in New York City, the calisthenics scene was huge. So I said, wow, it's some people who love this as much as we love it, because by that time the team had grown to a, a nice size. So we said, we gotta take the show on the road and see where we stand. So that's, that's how I got into it. That's awesome.
1: And One of my favorite quotes from you, I think it was a video that you posted a couple months ago, was what, something like, watch me move 240 pounds like I'm a 140 pound person. And you were talking about push-ups being one of your favorite exercises. And just the fact that, you know, that connection, like you were talking about the weight gain and then kind of finding calisthenics to, to manage and get to a healthy weight for you and, and a performance way of being able to do all these calisthenics, uh, pull-ups, squats, push-ups, all of those kind of things. I love that quote because it, when you watch that video, yeah, he moves, he moves like it's nothing. He's just throwing throwing himself around, no big deal. And most of the time with calisthenics, you think of smaller people or gymnasts or people who are just, you know, like you said, like 140, 150, 160 doing human flags or whatever, whatever you're talking about. But, you know, watching your videos and competition or just exercising, it's pretty obvious that calisthenics are for any weight class and for right. anyone looking to kind of move and get in touch with their body.
0: Right. That was part of my... uh drive and inspiration too to show like the bigger guys that they didn't have to just you know lift weights they can get into calisthenics as well and do all the the same movements you just had to have the will the desire and the drive to do the push-ups or whatever exercise so I wanted to to be the example or the, the catalyst for them to jump into calisthenics and it worked too it worked I get big guys that come up to me all the time and say I seen your video or I seen you at a competition and now I'm I'm doing it so it's out man I,
1: I love that so much because it, it breaks down that stigma of exercise right one you can do calisthenics anywhere so you don't have to walk into a gym necessarily to do it you can go out to a park uh, which is, is big in new york you know like they have a lot of those calisthenics parks but then also this idea of when a lot of people think about getting healthy or or exercising there's that trepidation of walking in the gym and being judged and and yes. things of like that and you know that's a its whole issue, but I think you know exactly where you're talking about. Breaking that down, it's like no, just come up, and come and do it. It's possible. It's a mindset thing.
0: You just got to show up. Absolutely, they just got to take the first step. Nobody, you don't have to start off amazing. You just have to start. You can start by doing one push up or an assisted pull up or squatting or lunging, or you can do uh, a half burpees. Or but you just got to start and. Just by, you know, being in it and by osmosis alone, you're going to improve. So you just, you know, the way I look at it is like this, Steve. If you and I were walking on a tightrope, the Mm. only thing we can focus on or should focus on is the next step. We shouldn't worry about the end, just the next step most important because if we focus on the end we'll lose our balance and we'll fall so the most important thing is the next step
1: i love i end my podcast with that quote all the time so like i was telling you before i'm a huge geek and i'm really into fantasy books and one of my favorite authors brandon sanderson has that quote is like what's Mm. the most important step it's always the next step yes because at the beginning the beginning step's perfect but when you're halfway through it doesn't matter and then at the end the end step is is what you need to pay attention to. But if you're only halfway through, it doesn't make sense to build anxiety about that. You just gotta put one foot in front of the other. If you when you listen to the podcast, that's the last thing. Is I always end with that quote. Is like the most important step is the next step. So there's a hmm. lot of <laughs> parallels to what we're talking about here. Yes. Um, I also got into calisthenics. Uh, my older brother actually got me into, it, but he was seven years older, so had a very mm-hmm. similar dynamic. You know, when he was. 14 and I was seven I was the butt of his jokes and right a lot and then when he was 21 and I was 14 we started to build a better relationship because we we had some mechanisms that I mean it was never bad but it it was the big brother little mm-hmm. sibling kind of mentality but uh I joined wrestling in high school and you know we did some calisthenics and bodyweight stuff there but he really got me into it Uh, when I was like 17, because I was 17 or 18, because I was about like 230 at one point um, Mm. after wrestling. And because I'd stopped wrestling, I wasn't doing that. And he was like, oh, here's this book on just some simple stuff you can do. And that kind of created this movement forward of like, oh, okay, I I can take some ownership here. I don't have to be stuck on a team to to perform. And then the quote from one of my um, coaches was, you know, with wrestling, it's like, Just step on the mat. That's all you got to do. You just got to step on the mat, throw up, be on the mat, and then the rest will do itself.
0: Um, Mm. It's like that message echoes throughout our lives in just different forms.
1: Yeah. And just, it's like this repetitive message that we get when we need it from different avenues because we're open to it. And I I love that. I mean, obviously we're talking about calisthenics, but like just from this conversation last five minutes, we can make a clear delineation into motivational speaking, which we'll get to. But I'm wondering for our listeners who don't know a lot about the calisthenics community and you know these competitions, and you mentioned you had that team. What's the name of the team? Guaranteed Results, is that? Yes,
0: the name of my team is Guaranteed Results. So awesome. the concept of that is not just guaranteed results in fitness, but guaranteed results in anything that you pursue, anything that you touch, give it your all. And when you give it your all, the results are definitely guaranteed. Right,
1: and so, so you made this team
0: because you recruited people to exercise with
1: you and then you, you go to New York City to kind of see where, where the team's at compared to other people who are doing that. For someone who's never seen or watched any of, of that kind of competition, what does that look like? How do you compete in calisthenics?
0: Well, a calisthenics competition is gonna be divided into weight classes like boxing or, or wrestling. So each one has different formats. Usually you're going to have uh, pull-ups. Sometimes it's uh, a max of how many you can do, or sometimes it's timed. So how many you can do in two minutes or one minute. And usually they s- stick to a format of times. in every exercise for that particular competition is timed. So it'll be pull-ups, dips, push-ups, squats, or some type of uh, burpee or sit-up, and everything will be timed. So that's okay. how a typical competition will go or some some of the competitions are are head up you'll go against a guy and whoever gets the most repetitions or wins
1: oh that's awesome how many have you done at this point how many have you
0: been in i say uh maybe 14 14 competitions total nice
1: now is there like entering that obviously the community is large and you, you kind of show up to it and everyone's kind of in the same mindset do you ever have trepidation coming into it or or is it like well this is my next step and let me just execute to my best of my ability to
0: well to be honest i always look forward to it because it's not an intimidating community everybody is so welcoming and focused on improvement so the only com- i know it sounds cliche but the only competition you really have is, is yourself yeah self-improvement you, you just gotta if you get 10 reps this time then you know I, I gotta make these improvements to make 12 or 15 or 20 so it's a constant uh, battle of self-improvement so yeah. it's, it's not need to be really nervous unless you're, you're a person who just takes it too serious
1: <laughs> right no and i love that i think that's one of my favorite things about doing calisthenics is it's just like it's very progressive and regressive based on on your needs right so it's not necessarily if you're having an off day you can still show up and get a good workout and even if yes. you have to how you approach it or if you have an injury you can still exercise without putting too much strain on that joint or that tendon based on like oh, okay i have this whole utility belt of exercises i can do that don't involve any you know weights over my head that could possibly hurt me even more right. um, so i think that's great and yeah i get that feeling from you know just following uh you on social media but then also having friends who who go to those competitions as well it's just seems very uh growth oriented and yes. even if you're competing against someone half the time that person's cheering you on as you're going right. for more things Absolutely. Right. i love that i'm you know i i used to play you know rest sports when i was younger baseball soccer wrestling it, it was wrestling was probably the one i i got the most out of it's just like oh You know, you just have to do your best and kind of apply yourself. There are points assigned and, you know, some of that can be really enticing. But, you know, as you grow older with calisthenics, it's just like, oh, you just show up and do your best and move on from there without getting stuck like, oh, I'm not
0: good or I'm not the best at calisthenics. Absolutely. You versus you. You just keep improving. You get it. You go to the competition. You get to evaluate where you are, where your strengths and weaknesses are, what you have to work on. And uh just, just going, you get over the the perceived jitters of, of competing. So you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta just Nike, just do it, just go. do <laughs> <It's> too- <laughs>
1: there's a reason why that slogan's so popular, right? Like why it works so well, because that's the whole mechanic of it,
0: right? Right. Some people sit back and think and plan and plot and scheme forever and they never take action. You just gotta put one foot in the water and the rest takes care of itself. That's great. So let's make that jump to motivational
1: speaking because anyone who's listening to this conversation for like five minutes is going to get that feel from you of um, you know this this ability to break down um, abstract thinking into very concise motivating uh, conversation and um, you know creation or planting that seed for people to kind of germinate on their own what like have you always felt like you've had that natural tendency because you have mentioned recruiting people to come do calisthenics with you was using that kind of in that mechanic as well Uh, when did you first notice like oh this is something I I excel at and something I really like doing
0: I gotta tell you the story then so as a a kid I was extremely shy so it's probably hard to believe now because I'm a motivational speaker but uh the way I got over the fear was through calisthenics. So when I was overweight and I went to the gym and I started to recruit people, I, I would talk to them in the group. And after I talked to them, after the workout, somebody would always come up to me and they say, you have a very powerful voice. It's so intriguing. And when you speak, people listen. So when they told me at first, I didn't believe. It. But it, it, I kept hearing it over and over again. So what I did was I had to test it. So I took my voice and put it on the internet. And then the same uh, receptions came back. They said, you have such a powerful voice. And then they even nicknamed me the voice. But what really uh, accentuated my uh, motivational speaking ability was uh, the boxing coach. So I got a call from his wife one day. Uh, It was probably about five years after I stopped uh, boxing. And she said that he was in the hospital in hospice. So she said, if you want to see him, you better get here quick. So when I got to the hospital, I was uh, taken aback because he's in the bed and he, he yeah. wasn't uh, panicking, he was very calm. And he looked at me and he said, uh, don't worry about me, I want you to worry about my wife. If she needs anything when I'm gone, do it for her. Mm-hmm. And then he looked at me, and he gave me a very penetrating stare. He, he said these words, he said, uh, I'm just sitting here counting down the seconds, the minutes and the hours because I've done everything I wanted to do in life and I have no regrets. Those words hit me like a ton of bricks. So I, I had to leave at that point. I said, I'll see you later, right? And I, as I'm walking back to the elevator, I asked myself, when my time comes, will I be able to say those words that I've done everything I wanted to do and I uh, I have no regrets, that like I lived a fulfilled life. So that even drove me more to inspire people because that, that's what calls me. That's what speaks to me To That's what fulfills me is inspiring right. others. So that's what helped me out a lot, that statement there. Then I just kept doing it every day and I kept getting better and better.
1: There's so much to that story that I think carries weight when you think about it. And this idea of, you know, as humans, we often kind of live day to day, like with basic regrets, right? Like, or fears of missing out or fears of not doing the right thing. And sometimes that anxiety can stop us from actually... Um, not only pursuing things, but almost like putting out there to the world, like, yeah, I'm open to any kind of thing that comes my way or any avenue that kind of may move me forward. So, you know, this idea of of that simple mindset of just switching to, okay, this is possible, right? Because we often have that negative cognition that's like, no, that will never happen. I'll never be able to travel. I'll never be rich. I'll never be able to speak in front of a, a crowd. And when you feed that, Part of yourself, that's just only going to get stronger. Right. Exactly. So, you know, when you were talking to your coach and his ability to break that down, I was thinking too, it's like these these really insightful light bulb moments in life are just amazing that it's simplistic in what you have to do. It's not easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not always easy, but the simple idea of, oh, let me not stay in this negative cognition. Let me put this positive or generative cognition out there and you know if it happens it happens if it doesn't happen i keep moving forward and, and trying new things and i love that his ability to speak to you that way also fed your ability to vote that's what i want to do i want to put that out there i want to get that message out there for people
0: right right i think it's all about critical people coming into our lives at critical times and us being aware of it
1: oh yeah 100 percent. i have uh, I haven't shared this on the podcast, but I, my dad grew up in the Air Force, so we moved around a lot. And, um, you know, I met someone through my dad who was also in the Air Force. I was playing pool in the youth center on base. And he came up and he was, he was an older guy. And he was like, I'll teach you how to play. And he taught me, you know, the mathematics of billiards and, and how to set up shots and how to hit the cue ball a certain way. So it goes where you want it to go. And just talking to him, I remember him so well. His name was Kenny. Mm. And I only knew him for a small period of time because shortly after that, a couple of months after that, he passed away. But mm. I, I remember that essence, he came in to a youth center to this, I don't know, I probably had like the worst clothes on in the 90s. <laughs> like, you know, weird looking kid and all of that. And he he came and kind of singled, singled me out. He's like, oh, here, let me show you something right? Mm-hmm. In a very generative, very like kind and open way. And, you know, I still remember that well, like 30 years after the situation and mm-hmm. he was in my life for like a week or two, uh, teach me how to play pool. And that's why yep. I gravitate to, towards pool. But it also opened me up to, oh, you can, you can engage with people in a way that's generative. And you don't have to necessarily say, oh, you're doing it all wrong. You can kind of meet them where they're at. And
0: you can right. see he made an impact
1: yeah exactly and i think we have these people throughout our life who who come in and out and make these impacts and kind of guide us and i think that's the beauty about community right is that we're meant to have a community of people in our lives that support us to kind of help us you know like that old adage no man is an island right right Uh, to move forward and motivational speaking is planting that seed for so many people. I watched a bunch of your stuff on TikTok and and uh, Instagram before uh, last night I was watching it and the cueing with the message and the music that you had, I was just, I don't, I had trouble sleeping last night because I was amped up. I wanted, I wanted to get going, you know, start working on this stuff. So I think, I think you do it amazing. And I would also say, you know, the voice is, is a really good nickname because the tenor and, the way you deliver some of these gems of knowledge just very, it has a cadence to it that's like resonates really well. Almost like spoken word, but like very simplistically about, hey,
0: open these ideas up for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. It took me a while to recognize my own ability, but I guess so many people told me that I had to believe in myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all, all these people
1: can't be lying to me. I, maybe there's something there.
0: Right. But you you said uh, a thing about planting seeds. I think that's very important. But I don't think the seeds, sometimes they're they're planted, but they won't grow until it's on fertile soil. So I remember a story that it was a girl, well, a woman, she trained with us in calisthenics. And, you know, I I, I motivate during the workouts. And sometimes she wasn't listening. She was uh, goofing off and playing around. And maybe she trained with us for about two or three years. And then uh, we got a phone call one day that she had a stroke. And uh, so, you know, we all uh, went to see her when she was in the hospital in recovery. And she was in a, in a very somber mood, of course. And, yeah. and she looked at me when, when everybody left out the room. She said, uh, when you were speaking to me, she said, my ears weren't listening, but my soul was. So that that really hit me like, wow, wow. So for us, maybe somebody can say something to us that's like a pearl of wisdom. But until we're ready, we don't, uh, receive it
1: yeah i am um, um I, I don't think we've had this conversation before but i'm a therapist and um i do mental health counseling and, and things of that nature and 100 percent, right like i get a lot of people who come in who haven't made that decision or haven't made like the want to kind of move forward cultivated that that aspect so that they can kind of do the work or, or start the work um and it's interesting because some of those people, they just won't show up again. And then mm. a year or two down the line, they'll give me a call and they say, oh, I think I'm ready. And mm. then, you know, they come back in and we make great progress because they're, you know, my job isn't to give advice, it's to kind of sit with and hold space and kind of process through with people. And so until people are ready to, to kind of approach it that way, nothing's going to get done, but it's beautiful when you see that, that shift and they come back. So mm-hmm. one of the most fulfilling things about my job is to see that dynamic play out.
0: 100%, to, to help and empower people. I think it's such an amazing thing.
1: It's amazing. So let, let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about chess, which I think, yeah. you know, anyone listening, I keep saying this, but it, it it kind of builds, our conversation just builds on itself. It's like, oh, now you've had our conversation about calisthenics and motivational speaking, mm-hmm. adding chess and it's going to make a real it's gonna connect really easily now that we've kind of bridged those gaps and see how they kind of blend into each other. But I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about your journey, getting to the the title of master, right? And then also like it's something like a 14, 15 year
0: journey to get to where yeah. you are now. Absolutely. So I learned chess at a very young age. My aunt, she showed me how to move the pieces, but I didn't sh- take chess seriously until I was 19. And what made me take it serious was, you know, I thought I thought I was a smart guy. So there was a park in Albany. It's called Townsend Park or Pigeon Park. And it was some chess, uh, speed chess players out there. So I, I go to the park and I thought I, was, thought I was a solid player. These guys beat me mercilessly. They, it was like a baptism by fire. <laughs> so the one guy, he, he's, he talks a lot of trash. So he told me to, uh, he said, go study the internet. Go read a book. He, he said he's going to buy me a backgammon set because I was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember there's a little truth in every joke. So I did exactly what he said. So I read every chess book I can find. I was studying sometimes six to eight hours every single day. And two summers later, I was beating all those guys that, that were talking trash to me. So it was a, a gentleman in the park. He recommended that I start playing tournaments. So I I said, okay, it was like the same approach with the calisthenics, let me take the show on the road and see if I'm, you know, if I'm a legit player. So I went to the tournament and I started to win, but I took a lot of losses as well. But I just applied the same technique to go back and study, correct the mistakes I was making, and then I I consistently improved in it. Uh, It was a a long journey though, it took me all all over the Northeast. I played in a, a bunch of tournaments, and uh to get the it, it came to be pretty expensive too to travel but the thing that helped me achieve the master title was is a, a local guy he started to throw chess tournaments and he he said you you might as well play and i was an, i was a chess expert at the time so by him uh throwing those tournaments it gave me some of the games the uh what i needed to become a master which was the rating points so i played that's those awesome. tournaments until i became a master that's awesome yeah
1: yeah and, and- again so like these connecting pieces of you know doing things and, and kind of cultivating self and then saying all right where do i measure up just so i can grow myself because there, there's only so much you can grow in a certain type of environment and at some point you have to challenge yourself a little bit even if uncomfortable or even if you lose to say okay this is where i need to grow a little bit in what i do yeah. um, i love chess uh I'm not great great at it, but I love playing it. And sometimes I play in session with some of my clients. And I remember feeling pretty good, you know, like playing with clients, playing against friends or um, my siblings and, and winning. And then I remember I had a, a client I was playing with who was 10 and he just trounced me so mm. hard. And it, it's very humbling, but also very uh, insightful in my own kind of psyche of, oh, okay. Like, you know, just because I like it and I have one doesn't mean I'm amazing at it. And so yeah. this humbling moment, even though sometimes hard to swallow for people, is like, oh, yeah, this 10 year old has put way more effort into this and has done this work and got right. gone to like uh, groups and things of that nature. And if I wanted to, I could kind of uh, apply that to myself. This is how I get better. This is how I grow. And I think, um, you know, that's a, it's amazing to have something like chess which is is often described as like oh you, you have to be really wise and intelligent to do um and so we see it at this mechanism this speaks to who I am and then to get humbled by a 10 year old it's like yeah it doesn't mean like you're the end all be all if you can beat some people it's 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 a lifelong progress and, and journey and it's fun to interact in that
0: way right right I, I love chess too because it has so many parallels to life So in chess, you must calculate before you move. And the people who play chess well, they calculate before they move. And also the people who uh, produce great results in life, they do the same thing. It was a a quote by a a grandmaster in chess. His name is Ruben Fine. He said that one bad move can nullify 40 great ones. But the opposite of that is true as well, that one great move can nullify 40 bad ones. So I just make all these parallels to life. And that's that's great inspiration. Like you could be going down the wrong road the whole time, but one great move can turn everything around. And the other thing I like about chess is that the pawn, which is looked at as the lowliest piece on the board and he does all the dirty jobs, but it's a thing in chess called pawn promotion. So if the pawn makes it to the other side, which is the enemy side, he can promote to any uh piece that he wants, except a king. So that gives like, if we're looking at it, in life it gives hope like everything is possible yeah. just marching forward like the poem
1: literally marching forward like
0: the pawn so, mm-hmm.
1: yeah i, I mean uh, I, I mean you'll probably be more well versed than this but i've always loved chess because this idea of um, you know calculating and, and kind of planning stuff out but also having to be mindful at the same time of what's going on on the board and using that to kind of do those calculations and so when i talk to to people about this i you know some of the young kids i who have trouble doing some of those things i sometimes in sessions all we do is play chess because mm. it is this practice of all right you have to plan ahead but you also have to be mindful of what's going on because a lot of a lot of the kids that i, I work with i've seen they just go right to the throat like i'm just gonna go out i'm just gonna go out, i'm gonna take all your pieces but they so they're they're very aggressive in that sense of like Trying to plan to win without being present at what the other person is doing and using that to inform them on what the next moves are or what how to set something up from yeah, that.
0: Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. Even we do that in life. So we we focus so much on what we're doing, we forget that we don't live in a vacuum. And is right, we live in a world where other things are going on. So chess chess teaches that lesson to be very objective and you always analyze what your opponent is doing and what he can do to you so that it teaches so many things critical thinking analytical thinking planning problem solving so a person doesn't have to become the world champion in chess but just taking those principles that can apply to your life for the rest of your life i think is very important
1: yeah I often I did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for a small period of time um, after wrestling because of how similar it can kind of be, and that's something like wrestling and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or grappling is something that really connected. Same thing with chess for me is is like okay you you're trying to set something up but you also have to be mindful of what the other person's doing.
0: Absolutely,
1: um, and oddly enough, was also humbled in Brazilian jiu-jitsu by a 15 year old who just choked me out with his, his belt. And I thought I was cocky going in there having wrestling experience, but I've never wrestled with a gi on or a belt and didn't realize how easily it'd be to kind of get. Right. So I love, I love these moments that younger me who had like a lot of shyness and self-esteem issues uh hated those moments but like being able to sit with that after a while and just be like no no this is really important for me to experience and be vulnerable to so i can kind of learn from that and move forward just like everything we've talked about today um that's one of those are some of the fondest things as well with the people i've met along the way of remembrance because it's like oh remember this like this is like it's not a hey i've reached the pinnacle of who i am it's like no this right. is all going this is a work in progress forever until the day you die uh, so right. you can't stay stagnant you got to keep one foot in front of the other paying attention to that next step that's
0: right I, I love that attitude the way i look at it is you have to approach everything with an empty cup because if you have a full cup nothing can be added to it so if i come in with great humility i'm always looking to learn so i just say keep an empty cup mm-hmm.
1: i love that that's like a a good meta metaphor for beginner's mind right if i approach anything with like the mind of a beginner mm-hmm. i have so many possibilities to go from there but if i come in as i'm the expert then there's only one possibility and then a bunch of you know limited options that come up because i can't adapt so
0: that's right you don't you don't as much
1: all right so um a couple questions before we end the podcast today um standard questions we about superpowers, obviously. Uh, So the first question would be, if you could have any superpower in the world, assuming they're true, right? uh, What would it be and
0: why? Well, I believe that the, the most important skill in life is communication. So if I had a superpower, I would wanna communicate in every language that's imaginable so I can break down language barriers and convey my message to whoever it would be. So I think for me, that would be an amazing superpower, the power to communicate. Everyone, regardless of language, culture, I would break down everything. It would be misunderstood. Standings will be out of the window.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. No one's ever had that. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) usually goes to flying. My own answer is usually a way to get all the superpowers. So like the common (laughs) one, if people ask me is, uh, I'd like to control probabilities. So in a world where superpowers exist, there's a mm-hmm. one in a billion chance of me flying I'd be that one so I could control the probability so I could have whatever access I wanted to but it, you went you went the other direction which I think is based on everything we've talked about today it makes sense mm-hmm. right like we've talked a lot about community the ability to communicate with other people and create support systems and, and be there and so that makes sense
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so what would you say your superpower is if
0: I think my now yeah. i think my power is <laughs> it's, it's funny but the ability to, to communicate and convey my message in english to yeah. whomever <laughs>
1: there you <laughs> go All
0: right so I, you, you
1: just you just want to multiply your already established superpower so it can cross right. boundaries.
0: no that's awesome i can i'd be able to travel anywhere in the world and if just speak i would say uh where, where are we and then i say okay i just start speaking fluently in that language
1: when i work with a new client especially younger clients that we will play uno occasionally too and just to kind of break down some of the barriers we would say oh when you change the color in uno you have to ask the other person a question so we can get to know each other and one of my questions is always like oh, okay if you could go to any country and speak that language fluently where would you go and why would you get why would you pick that language in that country to do it and a lot of times I'm surprised by the answers because you know, um, I don't think a lot of people think about it, but a lot of the kids I work with, they know exactly where they're going. And it's like, I'm going to Japan because I love anime and I want to know more about that culture. really mm-hmm. insightful answers and not just, "Oh, so I could order this food or whatever it's It's right. really amazing how some of the younger um, generation is really cultivating this understanding and want to know more about people. And, so the hope is we can break those barriers before they become barriers.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah. That's awesome.
1: All right. Last thing before we close today, and thank you so much for coming on. I've had a blast talking to you and you, we still have a couple minutes. So I'll probably say that like 18 more times, because that's my MO at the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering if, if we could distill everything we've talked about today, which I know is a lot into one message for The listeners to kind of take home with them and kind of ruminate on and, and you know kind of cultivate that soil so that planting of the seed can take what would you say that message or what
0: would you want that message to be well to the listeners i would say just keep moving forward regardless of what obstacles you're faced with regardless of how hard it may appear to be just keep going forward because that's when you grow, when it gets uncomfortable. You gotta just keep moving forward. Growth doesn't occur when you're comfortable and things are going great. It's when times get critical and harsh and your character is tested. You just keep moving forward. That's the message.
1: I agree a hundred percent. That's where the work is done, right? Is being vulnerable and uncomfortable. It's really easy to, even if you don't feel great in your life at that moment, it's something, you know, there's comfort there too. So we often kind of pull back into that comfort of what we know and don't take that that step forward, that uncomfortable step, that vulnerable step, so.
0: Right, but it's, it's hard too, it's hard. It's definitely but, hard. Yes, but keep going, regardless of what happens, don't think so much, it'll work itself out. But it won't work itself out if you stay still.
1: I love it. Well, <laughs> Phil thank you so much. I only did it one more time so that's not that's not bad. making <laughs> making progress. really appreciate you coming on and having the time this this Sunday morning to talk and you know um, share insight and talk about all things calisthenics, chess and motivational speaking.
0: Yes, I appreciate you for having me Steve. It's been a it's been a pleasure. I have fun.
1: Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean If you want to learn more about the Promethean project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at the Promethean If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends like our posts on social media on Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember, that the most important step is always the next one.